0: And Company live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno.
1: Four o'clock hour, Reno's in Vegas. It's Cofield and Company. Adam Hill is here. Ari with us as well in the Finley Toyota studios. All right, Big Four is on the way. We had a really productive first hour. As we said goodbye to a lot of people, a lot of people. So make sure you listen to LVSportsNetwork.com. That did include Conor McGregor, who now apparently can't fight until 2024. And we're pretty big on MMA, and I like the ultimate fighter, and I'm excited to have Conor McGregor back in the fold in mixed martial arts in the UFC. But apparently he's not going to be able to go into the USADA testing pool, which is for roids and everything else. So... Something Adam told us about eight months ago when Tuff was announced with Conor McGregor on it and a season-ending fight against Michael Chandler, and Adam was like, uh, they're going to have to do something about the testing pool because that's a problem.
2: Yeah, and I didn't wow, think the matchup was – the matchup didn't make sense either, really. I mean, I don't, think it's, a, I don't think it's a fight that, that McGregor can win. And so why, you know, why do that against somebody who doesn't have a massive name? I mean, if you're going to have him in a fight that he's not going to win, have him fight somebody who's very popular or famous, not somebody who's just a tough fight that nobody really knows.
0: Battle Born Injury Lawyers presents The Big Four at Four.
1: Number four. You know, I don't think people realize when you see uh, stories of infidelity with college coaches, especially college football coaches, you know, uh, dirtbags like Freeze or Bobby Petrino, that it's not that uncommon. Now, the, the, the lengths that those guys went to, especially because Euphries, now at Auburn, was a guy who would stand on the pulpit and point down at people and talk about faith, and then he was living like an animal. I nothing against living like an animal. Just don't lecture me on you know being pure when you're not, and Petrino's just you know, he's a weird guy. But it happens all over the place, and it happens in lots of sports. It's a, it's a close-knit community at schools, Adam. So you're around the same people all the time. The cross-pollination could happen. Uh, I don't know that I've seen a story, though, where it happened in bowling.
2: Well, bowling is—it's becoming, you know, the real money-making sport of college athletics. Are the NIL deals gigantic? Yeah, they're massive, right? massive for sure. Uh, I don't know how many people know about the Stephen F. Austin women's bowling program. It's legit. It is went that right? from non-existent to—I think they've won two national titles and two runner-ups. What? Like in the last few years? Oh, oh yeah, they're legit. All because of their coach. Uh, I believe her name is Amber Lemke. Who is just a, a dynamo of a coach. Now, when she was hired to start the program right. out of nothing. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm giving you a sign. You don't, to, don't bother. Uh, she was, no, don't bother. Uh, she well, was, that would explain the, the reason maybe this sure, happened. Sure. She was hired to start up the program. Right. And she had a volunteer assistant at the time, was really the only assistant coach that she had. Obviously, not a whole lot of money uh, out there in the uh, women's bowling world. So she had a volunteer assistant who was her husband Steve Steve Lemke okay so Steve Lemke is a volunteer assistant for a long time then he becomes a paid assistant within the program because they are so dominant and so good and by the way, Steve wow <laughs> wow what a what a guy a lot of great a lot of great stuff in his background uh, but he comes in they're dominant they're great everything's rolling along very well until Amber discovers that Steve is having an affair. okay that happens okay. whatever. Well, the affair is with one of the bowlers. So, Steve, the assistant coach and husband of the head coach, is sleeping with one of the female bowlers on the team. Steve's out. Amber's going to stay. Their divorce is apparently getting ugly, uh, but he has, uh, according to the athletic director at Stephen F. Austin, Ryan Ivey, he said, Steve is not working here anymore. From a departmental standpoint, he had a choice and he chose to resign. Well, he had other choices too, and... (laughs) He made some wrong choices so Steve was asked about his relation his improper relationship with a player um and he said I think it's just more of an ethics thing when it comes to the college as far as a coach teacher being with a student athlete that's that's true he goes on to say I knew it was kind of a no-no but there's no rule or anything saying it can't happen. There's not like a law saying I'm going to go to jail for doing something like this. There's nothing in stone. I guess it's just an ethics code. Like we frown upon it, but there's no rule. There's no law broken. You <laughs> see what I'm just say? <laughs> I mean, first of all, that's fantastic. Yes. That's the George Costanza defense. It's great. For people
1: that are on there. Emi uh, Doka would still have a job with Boston if he just came clean. He would. Actually, he wouldn't because there, w- w- there were cr- criminal elements to it once he started harassing the woman. George
2: Costanza slept with the, sleep- the, the cleaning lady at his office, yeah. and then when he was fired for it, he's like, "No, if somebody would have told me not to, yeah. like, if you would have expressly said, don't sleep with this cleaning lady in your office, I would have been fine. Uh, apparently, the affair was discovered by a uh, text message Amber found on Steve's phone. From the bowler, which was not good. Okay. Uh, Steve said, "Yeah, it didn't have anything in detail. It was just about how amazing I am, basically." <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Amber saw that and questioned me, <laughs> and it got to the point where it just built up so much that, much that I basically just told her the truth after she dug through my phone. <laughs> okay. He then also he also, by the way, chose the apolit. I'm not going to call it an apology letter of him resigning. Uh, he chose that to basically say, like, look. I'm the real brains behind this operation. <laughs> he said, no way. I was the stay-at-home dad for five years with the kids while Amber got to go out and coach the team. And when she could back, I'd run the practices on top of taking care of the kids while she was back. When they travel again, I would sit back and take care of the kids. Then I got hired on, and she forced me to run the practices. I was a volunteer the entire time. The victim. Once I got hired on, one thing stemmed from another. I felt like I was doing too much for what I was being valued at. So I decided
1: to doink one of the teams. So I was uh, like, you know players. what? The fruits of the labor. Yeah, I'm going to get me some. By the way, on some level, good for him. I I love people who are not sorry who don't apologize. It's not like there's if, a law. If, if you're not sorry, don't apologize. Double down on it. I love this guy. Like, what's he going to get? Another assistant bowling, women's bowling coach job? He's done. Go <laughs> out swinging. I mean, literally, yeah. swinging. Go out uh,
2: swinging. Of course, I mean, like everybody, I think, the first thing you do is find the team photo and figure out, try to figure
1: out which one it was. Isn't
2: that yeah. what you do? Yeah.
1: I looked at all the pictures. I did. Uh, you were well. Anyway, um, when you guys do briefs, do you, do you do headline writers like to do briefs so where they can write a good headline? Uh, I mean, there's some that do. sure. Uh, New York Post on the assistant bowling coach doinking one of the players, and he's married to the head coach. Spare relationship <laughs> causes awkward split. Brilliant. Yeah, uh, that's actually not the New York Post. That was the Lufkin Daily News. New York Post just went with college bowling assistant gets fired for affair. Come on, uh, here, folks. What are you doing? On. The Lufkin Daily News needs a promotion. Somebody there. Tremendous. Number three. Absolutely <laughs> tremendous as the Commodore 64 locks up. Did you see the terrible call we yesterday? Steve Lumpke running the show. Yeah, right. Did you see the terrible call yesterday in the Rangers White Sox game? I did. Play at the plate, gets overturned. Here are the Rangers broadcasters who are not happy.
3: After review, the call on the field is overturned to a violent
0: a violation by Jonah Heim
4: for being in the line of the slide by Elvis
0: Andrews. So he was out at the plate, but the catcher being in the way creates a run.
3: And here comes Bruce Bochy now, and he just got rung,
1: he got thrown out of the game. Your favorite, your favorite. Clear mistake. Now here's the key though. The umps well they made No, they made the right call on the field. It got reviewed and it was overturned by the review. Well, I have no idea why why that was a buy bi- It was overturned by the review.
2: Not good. Yeah.
1: Well I, I don't love the ringing the guy up. You don't love the what I don't climb. I don't love to- No, I don't love tossing bochi. Oh, yeah, yeah. I we started the year off like this. I'm done I'm done with get guys getting tossed. Stop. And and Bochi does not have a reputation of being a jackass.
2: No, and generally, I mean, I've said for a long time, I think guys are more likely to get rung up when the call is wrong. Yeah. Um,
1: but in this case, like know it. it's weird. In this case they made it's the weird. right call and yeah. then New York overturned him. Uh, let the announcer's go on. Well, I have no idea why why that was
3: a violation. Bochy can't believe it. I mean, right here, it doesn't look like he's in front of the plate, and he gives him the outside corner to slide to. Doesn't look to me like he impeded anything.
1: It was a terrible call. It was within the rules. Heim did everything he could to give part of the plate. The guy had plenty of the plate. And by the way, for anyone who listens to baseball play-by-play and knows voices, um, that was actually the White Sox yeah. broadcast team, Benetti and Steve Stone, and they were both like, especially Stone's like, makes no sense.
2: Well, it makes some sense uh, in the sense of I when the Rangers were down, I actually live bet them and <laughs> thought I had a win in yep. my pocket
1: and and at
2: w- a very, very good underdog price. And uh, uh,
1: I saw one of our buddies sort of uh, who writes for Legal Sports Report uh, with Candy. Uh, Dustin Gowker always oh, on these kind of plays just goes hashtag integrity fee. Yeah, so exactly. Which it affected a lot of bets. Of course it did, especially mine. Number
0: two.
1: So, Otani's having a monster year. He's decent. Uh, News out now that they may not move Shohei Otani the Angels if they're in contention. What are they doing? Because you know who would move Otani right now? Golden Knights? Yes. George (laughs) McFay? Yes. We haven't seen
2: we haven't seen them out
1: of contention to really really see exactly what they would do. You have to move. No, they're in contention and they're keeping Otani, who's a free agent after the year, you must move him. I hope this isn't just, hey, we're going to cash in for the rest of the year. That's more important.
4: You're well, to
1: get nothing for Shohei Otani when you know he's leaving and you know you're not going to compete with a real deal? Well, I think the part of it is, I mean, this is kind of their window. Now, if they could
2: find a deal that makes sense that could keep them competitive for, for you know a couple of seasons... That'd be great, but I also don't think you want to take a bunch of prospects and take your chances on getting something. Maybe I think like this might be their chance, and now you're going to trade away your best pitcher and your best hitter at the same time in uh, the same player, essentially. Like, they, if they believe this is their one chance to win a World Series, I would understand that, but I don't know if, if they're really good enough. And I really don't think like r- what you'd have to do is add if you want to try to win. And are you going to do that and f- mortgage your future and then lose them at the well, end Well, isn't season? that
1: ridiculous? That's not even part of my thought process, that the big market LA Angels of Anaheim would not add because they won't spend money? Yeah, I don't think they which will. Is, that's outrageous. Yeah. It, it's Of look, course they can add.
2: They should find the best deal that they can make and trade them. I mean, they should. That should be what happens. But I just – I don't – I think that for – give – they, don't, they also don't want to be the team I mean it, it's going to look bad enough that you lost him and weren't able to sign him and didn't pay him at some point you don't want to be the team that goes down in history and this should not be a thought process but I think it is the team that traded Otani.
1: number one or fall short barely make the playoffs yeah. do nothing and uh, you got nothing for Otani, the yeah. best player in baseball <laughs> and the angels in your backyard just outspent you because you won't spend money wait is this update real is this coming out of San Antonio with Wemby it's coming out of Wemby, okay, number one pick in the draft, San Antonio Spur to be Victor Webinyama, who's we going think, number one we tomorrow. We
2: saw uh, I think the light is like minus sixty thousand, and somebody bet somebody bet like thirty five thousand on him to be the number one pick to win like I did one hundred and fifty dollars or yep. something. That's
1: completely ridiculous.
2: <laughs> but uh, he said that he's going to play in the summer league. He did here, yeah, in um, Vegas. Apparently, the team wow. said they don't they don't want to tax him and they don't want him to play. And he went. Uh, he, he's been doing a little bit of media. the he's been uh, doing a lot the JJ Redick podcast and. Uh, Ooh.
1: Yeah, he said, I'm playing. I'm not tired. Oh, I got to watch that podcast. You saw that he threw out a pitch at Yankee Stadium, right? Yeah, it was not good. It was not good. Aaron Boone is laughing. And then they gave him a ball right behind, like at home plate. It looked and, like a golf ball. And he decided to throw the ball into the stands, and he almost hit the back wall and broke someone's hand. So I don't know what the hell happened on the first pitch, but he threw like 114 miles an hour into the stands and almost killed someone. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you could teach a seven-three guy some good form on how to throw a baseball, he's going to be able to throw pretty hard.
0: Coalfield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno.
1: Rolling on towards the halfway point of the show. We're going to check in with one of the voices of Reno, Alex Margulies, from Nevada Sportsnet up in about 25 minutes. Lots to get into, including I wonder how Northern Nevada feels about paying for our baseball stadium. Let's be happy about that. So that's coming up. So we were just talking about uh, Wemby, 737475 small forward. Victor Webenyama, who's going number one in the draft tomorrow. And I mentioned he was in New York. I think someone did a feature on him. Uh, was it Tanya Julie? Is that how you say her name? I don't know how you say her name, but um, he rode the subway in New York, oh, yeah. which as someone who's seven foot three, you're going to stick out a little bit. So that's interesting if you've never been on the subway in New York. I know you've been. <laughs> sure. Um, there are rats that are six six, but none that are seven three. That was a terrible joke. Uh, but he's making the rounds. And he said that he is going to play in the NBA Summer League here in Vegas. That's friggin' awesome. But I mentioned he was at Yankee Stadium. Threw out a first pitch. It was terrible. They show Aaron Boone laughing in the dugout. Then afterwards, he's behind the plate, and he, he, like fans are waving behind the plate, and he's got another baseball. He throws it up there, and it was like, whoo, like freaking 110-mile-an-hour fastball. It almost ripped some guy's hand off. Well, My did, guess is he hasn't thrown a lot of baseballs. No. Well, yeah, I don't think so. But he also –
2: I mean, the, the his hand is so much bigger than the ball. It looks like a golf ball in his hand. That's a problem. So you, you have like a lot of leverage when you throw yeah. it. He also, he was juggling the baseballs, which was interesting to watch. But
1: I also saw him juggle basketballs, which is one of the most impressive things I've ever seen in my life. He can do it. <laughs> yes. Which would tell you that he's got really good hand eye. Yeah. Which brings us to, I thought this was a really interesting conversation. And the Vast Sound crew is always looking for different sound to grab for the show. And this is a good one. Did you see that Ron DeSantis did a recent interview and was talking a little bit of sports? And I think people took it, took some of his comments and ran with it and were offended by it. Uh, he was asked about uh, why he likes baseball so much.
4: You know, Ted Williams, when he got inducted all the time, said baseball gives every American uh, boy a chance to succeed. And I think there's something to that. There's so many different places that you need to have on a baseball team. And there's different skills that are required. So some people can be a pitcher. Some people can be a middle infielder. Some people can be a catcher. And so I think that there's kind of a place for everybody on a baseball team if you're willing to work hard, if you're willing to practice, and if you're willing to to hone your skills.
1: Okay. Any problem with that one? Any issues? Anyone offended? Well, no,
2: not offended. But, I mean, that sounds like somebody trying way too hard to – make an analogy
1: of a sport to what their view of the world is okay you like know the, he played baseball yeah he actually was i guess was he on maybe a regional little league championship team or something I believe that was it um so but he does have a rep and sure. i think when people see and hear someone talking about sports they then push them that towards that narrative of you know Trump's calling him Meatball Ron and Ron de Sanctimonious, and other people call him de Satan. So when you watch something, I think sometimes your opinion may be tinged. And this is where he follows up. And I think a lot of people took this and ran with it.
4: So I, I kind of thought it was always a very democratic game, a very meritocratic game, whereas I kind of viewed, like, like basketball as, like, these guys are just freaks of nature. They're just, like, the incredible athletes. In baseball, you know, you have some guys that might not necessarily be the best athlete, but maybe they've got, you know, that slider that nobody can hit, or they have the skills that allow them to compete at the highest level. Okay. So there's
1: a couple things in there. Uh, and I will tell you, the interviewer entered that by saying, Uh, He thinks that baseball is a thinking man's game, which I actually think basketball takes more thinking than baseball. Playing both, and especially with the advancements in coaching, especially on defense, I think it's much more a thinking man's game. So people heard freaks of nature and athletes. I, I think that's incredibly insulting. By the way, people ran with that, and they're like, racist. Okay. I think that's incredibly insulting to baseball players that they're not athletes. That you could just have a skill and go out there. Do you know how ridiculous most baseball players are athletically? I mean, do you do you know? I mean, do you know major leaguers? Do you know people who went on to play college baseball? Yeah. When you were in school, yeah. Did they just play baseball? Now it's been more specialized recently. But I, I know this. I know most baseball players. I was around. If you gave them a golf club within like five rounds, they were shooting in the seventies. So they're athletes, and I don't know. We'll bring up the case of one of our favorite guys in town. Marty Cordova was a great high school football player, probably could have played college football at some position, went on to be the rookie of the year, made the majors. I remember him just talking about, like, with us, at a home run derby we did with the listeners and the dorks at the station, and he was like, your bat speeds across the board are pathetic. <laughs> well, Like, there is an yeah. athleticism that goes into baseball, and I think you're you're actually starting to see it where, look at some of the guys who've come up recently who actually are freaks and are coordinated enough to play baseball. Have you watched this Ellie De La Cruz? Yeah. On Cincinnati, just he's six five. He lo- looks like he runs a four one forty. Yeah, you don't think he can play basketball, or well, vice versa.
2: It, it completely threw off uh, the infield. The other, I, I was watching a game yesterday, but I think it was two days ago. He hit a routine grounder mm-hmm. and beat it out because it was like, well, he's not going to be any. Whoa, what the? Where did he come from? Yep. Like he just flew down the line. It was crazy.
1: Are you said uh, the 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 Santis made this political?
3: I said it. Uh, yeah, oh, that is what I said. Yeah. Well,
1: you know, you know the word. But you dem- know what though? Democratic is not.
3: Yes, no, I know, but honestly, Adam kind of summed up what I could not convey with my words, which is, I agree, it's, it's his version of what it is. Well, you don't like, and the there Sant- were little buzzwords and little well, things. I think you the, don't like
1: DeSantis, so when he talks about being freaks or athletic, you assume that is some kind of it, political commentary. No, that I fits, that it fits did, a lot of what he did. No, get cause me cause for a second, not yes. because he said was, democratic.
2: No, no, no. And democratic I, doesn't mean a, the Democrat Party. It means democratic in terms I get of everybody He like corrected himself vote. too. Right. Also,
3: after he said "freaks of nature," I I paused for a second and then was like, okay, and and that really that speaks for him, not me, because. Your reputation precedes you. Like, if anyone else was discussing this the same exact language, I don't think I'd even blink. But it's coming from that source, so that's why. So, interesting. Okay. I don't believe you. No. <laughs> by the way, quick. I think I think you could, whatever
1: side of the alley you're on, whatever you think of people, you could make those comments. Political, coming from anyone, a Republican or a Democrat.
3: I, I agree with that statement. And by the way, that's uh,
1: that, and that's people are so stuck in judging most things that way, it's become bizarre
3: little positive note on DeSantis. He studied history at Yale University, was their captain of their varsity baseball team. Yeah, well, well, and now a fielder. And as a senior, his uh, team's best average was three thirty six. Or he had the team's best batting average. There you go. So they played pretty high-level baseball. In spite of, Still I think, wrong. admitting we're, there that he wasn't a good
2: athlete. We're okay at baseball.
1: We're okay we're at baseball. Okay. It's not our best. <laughs> not our best sport. So I thought those comments were interesting. If you can find them, see what you think when you see uh, Ron DeSantis talking about baseball and the little pop there on... Bush also played baseball, right? yeah. On, uh, yeah, on basketball. So Draymond Green is probably moving. He turned down the $27.5 million option with the Warriors, and now the names have started to emerge. John Toble mentioned on Monday, could be the Pistons. And your first thought is, well, they're not a winning organization. So he got out of the contract with Golden State... He's starting to break down a little bit. Wouldn't you think he'd go somewhere as a hired gun to win more championships? So listen to first take as Kendrick Perkins is on there with Stephen A. And uh, Kendrick starts making a point that Stephen A. doesn't agree with. And, of course, someone has to jump in and back the other side against Stephen A.
2: If I'm Draymond Green, you have a Detroit Pistons that come out there and want to give you the bag. Damn it. Go over there and, and be no. with those young guys and help groom. Yeah, you
4: can. That's Why? That's where he's from. You sprung. can. I like that. With this being his last opportunity to get a hundred plus million, 30 to 35 million a year. At the end of the day, this is still a job mm-hmm. and you want to maximize and get the most
2: letters okay. that you possibly can before your time runs out.
1: Okay. I'll say it again. Going to Detroit is a terrible idea. I love it. Draymond Green with the Warriors, when things would start to unravel, well, the the year that everyone was out, he just he bailed. So he had injury after injury. That was for the team. He was trying to help us make mm-hmm. sure that we mm-hmm. tanked to, the, to and, the proper level. And there are times when he just chooses, hey, you know what, I, I'm I'm out. If it doesn't, if we're not winning, I don't need to play. And to keep his mind straight, I think he has to have a like a single minded focus of winning. So going to the Pistons, unless they're instantly like a 47-50 win team and they're getting into playoffs, I think there's too many dangers with Draymond fading mentally and not being able to keep it together and creating distractions and getting distracted. Here's Stephen A.
4: I want him to get his bag. First order of business is getting your bag while winning. He's not going to win in Detroit immediately. I know Monty Williams is there. I got a lot of faith in him. I see some of the young talent, this kid, J.D. Ivy. I'm a fan of his. This brother can play. I wish the Knicks had drafted him. The point that I'm making is they're still relatively young. And even though he went to Michigan State and that's where he's from and all this stuff, I don't want Draymond Green in anything less than a
0: championship contending equation.
1: There you go. Thanks, Stephen A. We agree so often. Brilliant minds. You're leaving out the fact that it's, it's home. <laughs> even worse. No, it's even better. we will yeah. be focused by being home. Mm-hmm. So, like, the focus he had during uh, one summer where he was at, what, like a burger stand and beat the piss out of someone? Well, don't get in his way. Yeah, okay.
2: That's that competitiveness.
1: Well, Molly and Kendrick Perkins think Detroit is a good spot. Stephen A. says no. That is a, that is a roster that is ready.
2: Hmm. <laughs> Your that's a roster that's ready right now I think he fits in well I think he he comes in shapes everyone up takes that up roster to the next level I'm excited I think he does it
1: you're lying now Come you're on. just now you're just taking up with Molly and Perkins to go at me and Stephen A there's so much so much talent there stop there is you know he will not be able to keep it together mentally that's a winning team. You said if they don't win, they'll win. This is, this is the ultimate, I told you so. Just remember, when he signs there, and as Perkins said, man, $100 million, okay. People watch him play. Also, isn't part of the whole Draymond Green story how much the other guys did for him? How good they made him look? Are we forgetting that part? Oh, he, 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 big, it was the big three, Clay, he Steph, and Dre. Okay.
2: K, Jaden, and Trey. <laughs> Dre who Cade Jaden and Dre
1: that's the big three the new big three Cade Cunningham yeah Jaden Ivy. yeah and Draymond Green and Draymond Green that's the that, new big three that's the new big three I can see the shirts right now this hour is brought to you by our friends at Battleborn Injury Lawyers offices in Reno and Henderson and Las Vegas 766-1400 is a number anywhere in the state of Nevada <laughs>
0: It's Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno.
1: So we were just talking NBA. Adam, there is significant news behind the scenes that kind of explains why guys are going to opt out and why Draymond Green is hopefully going to get more than $27.5 million, right? Salary cap adjustment?
2: Yeah, it's it was something that they thought might go up quite a bit, and it will. Uh, it's going to be close to the max. I think the most that can go up in one year uh, with the new deal is 10%, and it's going to be right around that 10% number. Uh, They were told a number a couple months ago that they expected to go up, Hmm. and now it's going to go up $2 even more than that because people have completely stopped watching the league and nobody pays attention and it's going broke. Which
1: is where I was going to go for a second. so the NHL is going to be lower than they thought, and the NBA is going higher but the nba according to a certain faction is dying a slow death. Yeah. Correct. Okay. Which I kind of I'll build on the heels of 2 weeks ago when I came in and I was like, "Wow, the league that is dying just agreed to give a coach in Detroit 10 to 12 million dollars a year, but the league is dying." Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, the numbers are the numbers. Yeah, they don't they don't lie, right? And by the way, this is it's not like a, you
2: know, and, it's not, and
1: by the way, this is not a shot at The NHL. I will tell you though, there are a lot of NHL fans who rip on the NBA and say it's dying. Yeah, and it's like, but the money keeps coming in. So where are they getting? Where's
2: it coming from? Well, it's not like some leak of a story of like ratings or something. This is literally the bookkeeping, uh, figuring out exactly where the cap is going to be, and they have reason to actually downplay
1: it. And they don't. Another misnomer from a lot of people who think the NBA is dying. And I think a lot of these same people are like, the NBA draft, cares, sucks. Okay, one we've explained now for years. That it is the baseball draft, essentially. There are going to be some ready-made prospects who can go right into the NBA and play. But it is more of a prospect draft, like a true prospect draft, where guys may play, they may not. It may be a developmental deal where they're not ready for two and three years. They'll be on the on the bench, and they're ready when they're 22 years old. But there is a value in the guys who can play, and we just saw it in the finals. Right? Yeah, The, the Nuggets got a lot of production out of Christian Brown, and it... I guess it appears that they're interested in doing something like that again because the champion wants to be back in the first round. Yeah, they give up a first-round pick
2: next year and a later second-round pick this year hmm. in order to get a late first-round pick and early second-round pick this year. So basically, let's get as many picks as we can right now. Let's forget about the future because at some point, the window is going to close and it's not going to matter. So let's do whatever whatever we can right now especially because they have three max deal guys so they need as many guys on rookie deals contributing as they possibly can find so why not get a bunch of them so they'll have three picks in the kind of (laughs) mid-round and that's where they're going to try to find contributors
1: for next year's team and as uh, you and i were discussing with john von tobel the other day this this draft is fascinating in terms of the change in the game Bigs have almost no shot of getting drafted. I mean, the college basketball player of the year, a 7'4", 320-pound uh, in the past would be right into the NBA, and average 18-12 and 12 with a couple of blocks. Zach Eady just got the info, basically, like, you're not going to get drafted. You may as well go back and enjoy college. And then, like, every 17-, 18-, 19-year-old that the NBA can find, who is a 3-and-D guy from six four to six nine, who can play on the wing, play the two – little bit of hybrid fork can defend and shoot threes those are going to be all the picks
2: yeah it's so, so crazy look at i mean drew timmy is one of the best college basketball that's players another we've one. ever seen that's
1: right <laughs> I, we haven't even <laughs> talked about him the entire time up to the draft yeah he's going to be an unsigned guy uh he might go
2: mid second late second but yeah it's not going he's not going to be high
1: do you think he's i'm trying to think ah i don't want to do it i don't want to do it i don't want to go white to white Basic question: Will he play next year and be a 15 minute guy who can be productive off the bench? Yeah, I think he'll be like a 12 12 minute, 12 to 14 minute guy. He can't be any better than that. He could, and he can play
2: basketball. That's the thing. But he just doesn't. His skill set doesn't fit what the NBA wants.
1: It's pretty amazing, yeah, where the game has gone and where it is going. Now that doesn't mean guys aren't going to slip through the cracks because when when the league gets really fixated on one position and one style, guys do slip through. And surprise people and there's so many good players in the NBA who were undrafted
0: it's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno
1: all right let's check in what's going on in Reno and Northern Nevada Adam Hill is here it's Cofield Ari is steering the ship Alex Margulies always did Does really good work with us when he uh, pops on from Nevada Sportsnet. Of course, he does great work on Nevada Sportsnet and was calling a lot of the Wolfpack basketball games. I'm sure he's uh, got a lot more action coming up with football. How are you, pal? How are we doing,
0: guys? What's going on?
1: Oh, my God. What's not going on? I mean, it is super busy, (laughs) right? This is supposed to be the slow time of year, but we got a whole lot going on in the state of Nevada. Um, You know, I've never asked you, how much do you follow? Uh, VGK, if at all, is there a decent fan base in Northern Nevada? I know Bill Foley's plan was he wanted to be the team of the state.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would say on a personal note, like, I'll be honest, I don't follow them a ton, but, you know, we definitely talk about them on our show, and I do think there has been, you know, an appetite from folks here in Northern Nevada. I mean, we get people that kind of write us all the time and talking about wanting coverage of the nights, and we definitely... Uh, you know, kind of partner with our uh, TV station down there in KSNB, and, and they do an awesome job. And we run a lot of their kind of stories and coverage of the Knights. But, um, no, it's it's amazing, I mean, to, to think that, you know, the state of Nevada has uh, a championship team and a professional sport. And what, a, what an amazing journey that's been uh, in a short period of time for that franchise. And, you know, who knows? Um, we could potentially be looking at the Vegas Golden Knights airing games here in Reno on Nevada Sportsnet. Something I'm, I probably shouldn't say on the air, but something I'm All working right. on. So yeah, we, uh, uh, there, there's a new venture there, and we'll see if it, if it pans out.
1: Very interesting, very interesting. Yeah, we know they, they have a the new partnership. Uh, AT&T yep. Sportsnet going to go bye-bye. So Scripps is in, and uh, you guys, Northern Nevada is mentioned as part of that. He wants to have the thing go up you know, through Idaho and Montana, yep. and you're supposed to have a lot more access. So um, I think people will love it, uh, and it's something to – to latch onto. I just always wonder what Northern Nevada thinks when we start talking about teams based in Vegas and if people can kind of get around that.
0: Yeah, I think people are, are open to it. I mean, especially like, look, obviously there's, I think people maybe that have been in this state longer, you know, maybe have a little bit more of that yeah, kind yeah. of yeah. Reno Vegas rivalry <laughs> type thing. But I yep. think if you're new, to the state of Nevada. You're new to Northern Nevada. And I think we have a lot of new folks that are both here in Reno and in Las Vegas. I I think, in particular, with those folks, they're like, "Hey, cool! Like, this is this is our team. This is the state of Nevada." And, and even though the proximity is obviously a lot further than, say, professional sports teams in the Bay Area, um, but I, I kind of have noticed. I think among people that I know that have moved to Reno, like let's say in the last five years, I've seen those people. I think. Kind of jumping on board with the Golden Knights and the Raiders and, you know, kind of making that their pro team because it is in the state of Nevada.
1: You know, it's funny. I don't know if you remember this going back, but uh, when Bill Foley, they they kind of did a couple of test cases without telling us, and they threw out uh, some suggestions on should it be the Las Vegas Knights, the Vegas Knights, and they threw out the Nevada Knights. And people down here, Alex, flipped the F. Out. Which is now interesting because think about this. So we're gonna have a new baseball stadium here. I think that's ninety nine percent sure. We're gonna have a new baseball stadium here. And I wonder if the people in northern Nevada are like, well, you know, we're paying for that. How about we go with the
0: Nevada A's? How right, right. Yeah. I mean, I think you could definitely make an argument for it, considering, you know, how much folks up here have to contribute to that, uh-huh. contributing, you know, to Allegiant Stadium and and, yeah, I mean, maybe maybe they should be uh, more kind of a statewide deal. I mean, talk about craziness. I mean, it, what, what, a, what a nutty uh, last couple of weeks and months, you know, six weeks it's been uh, with this whole kind of story. And I think we all kind of felt like, all right, well, at some point, it makes sense that Las Vegas will get a major league baseball team. It makes sense at some point Las Vegas would get an NBA franchise. I'm not sure if anyone thought that it was going to come this quickly. Yeah. It's pretty crazy.
2: I say I was very against Nevada Knights or Nevada Raiders. If you guys want Nevada A's, you can have it. In fact, <laughs> call, them, call them Reno. Uh,
1: that's they, play here, they play yeah, here I and they're call called them. The Reno. Yeah. All right, yeah. Go ahead.
0: Wow, tell us, tell us how you really feel. Jeez.
1: Um, Alex, down here and this show, um, there was such a groundswell against this tax money going to the A's. Yeah. And on this show, we've got like five cast members across the board. I we get were all, it. We were all like, we don't like the deal. And I'll, let me tell you something. If I lived in northern Nevada – I would be effing irate about this. I would be so g damn angry. I wish I could curse. Mm -hmm. This, I mean, I I mean, I saw. I think I forget who the rep was uh, out of Carson City. I think it was one of the senators. And not only was she going to vote for it, but just gushing about what a wonderful man uh, John Fisher is. And I'm sure there's some A's fans in Reno. I just I wonder what the thought is up there on this tax money being voted, getting a yes vote for John, especially John Fisher and the way he runs a squad.
0: Yeah, I I don't think it's super popular either. Um, You know, that's kind of the impulse I've gotten. And, I mean, to me, I I think it's – I don't don't know if the state, the city, Vegas, any of these things, that they had to do this in order to get the A's. Because I, I feel like, one, the A's didn't really have very many options. And, you know, who's to say that if, you know, the state, the city of Vegas, all that stuff would have held out, that they wouldn't eventually get an expansion franchise in a much better situation. And, you know, you have to look at this athletics franchise, the way they've been run, and feel like, is, is this really the ownership group and the type of franchise that we want? That, that to me, is as big a part of it as any. Is like, okay, yeah, there's a public money side of this thing, but is this the ownership group you want to be giving public money to? That's kind of how I feel about it. Mm. You know, maybe an expansion franchise would have never happened. And, you know, maybe this turns out to be a great thing. I, personally, I'm not sure if I'm buying, um, you know, Major League Baseball in Las Vegas and, and being able to sell it out every single night. You know, maybe for a little bit, but the A's better be changing the way they're doing business because if they continue to run their franchise the way they have in Oakland, which I'm sure they would not, I think you'd have to try and put a winning product on the field. But if they continue with this type of mentality and the way they're running their franchise, no one's going to go to their games. And I know there's the argument other teams are going to come in. They're going to want to see their team play. Sure. <laughs> there's too many games in the baseball season. That works in football. You know, I, I just don't see it happening in baseball with the amount of games that you're going to have to fill that stadium unless they are putting together a contender type thing. Even then, I, I, I don't know. I, I, obviously, the city of Las Vegas has done an amazing job supporting the Golden Knights. They've done a great job supporting the Oakland, uh, the the Las Vegas Raiders. The athletics, Major League Baseball, I I don't know. I'm I'm skeptical, to be honest.
1: Alex Margulies, Nevada Sportsnet. We talk about some uh, Northern Nevada, Reno topics. Last one on this one. It was floated out there during the special sessions that uh, if the A's needed a temp home, and they're going to need a temp home, uh, at least in 25, 26, and 27, that Reno could host it. Um, tell us about the ballpark there. And would the area be interested in having the A's? I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know, man, if I, if my legislators voted yes uh, on the A's and Vegas getting a stadium, I better freaking get something out of it. Like some revenue for at least a year.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that I, I, I can't imagine anybody would be against that. I mean, who wouldn't want to see major league baseball in Reno? That would be incredible. And, and just the, the amount of uh, great players and teams and, and, you know, that you get to come see. And, and yeah, the, the amount of money that it would bring the area would be tremendous. Do I think it would happen? I don't I, I don't personally think that that would be something that, that would happen at any point. I would think that there would be other alternatives. Um, you know, it's a stadium that seats maybe 9,000 people. You know, I don't see how they'd really even be able to expand that, you know, much beyond that. Um, you know, Maybe they could do some sort of renovation to, to add in more capacity, you know, the novelty of of hosting a few games here in Reno, that would be cool. I I don't think anybody would be upset about that. Um, It seems a little far-fetched to me, but I I guess, you know, they're going to have to be pretty creative as to finding a home, uh, you know, for this team for a couple of seasons. I'm I'm really not sure how they're going to do that. That's going to be a a very fascinating thing uh, to see play out.
1: So we're about 75 days away from uh, football season beginning in college football with Nevada and UNLV. I don't know if you saw the over-under numbers, but Nevada's down there at two, two and a half. UNLV is at six. Just some initial thoughts on the big gap between those over-under win
0: totals? That seems like a pretty big gap to me. I'm, I was surprised to see that. Um, you know, I know Nevada obviously had a rough year last year, but... Um, I'm taking the over on two and a half for sure. Okay. And I'll, I'll tell you why. It's because I don't, I don't think Nevada's schedule is very difficult. Uh, you know, you look at the schedule, it's not – in particular at home. I mean, their home games are against UNLV, New Mexico, Hawaii, Wyoming. Mm-hmm. Those are your home Mountain West games. You're not playing Boise State. You're not playing Air Force. Um I think it's pretty favorable. So two and a half. I'm, I'm hammering the over there. Six wins on UNLV. I almost feel like that's a little aggressive too. Could they get to six? Definitely. Um, would I bet on them going over six? No. I don't. I don't think I'd, I'd feel comfortable doing that with what I've seen, uh, especially in the first year of a new program. That, that that would be a big surprise to me.
1: So what I find interesting is to compare and contrast the off season. So. Uh, New coach, you know, first year, like you said, with Barry Odom, and I think it's a good hire, and he's got a really good staff. And uh, Wilson goes into his second year. So you look at Nevada, and you're like, man, look at all the turnover. He had to really redo that roster. Do you know offhand or roughly um, how many new players they have on the roster? How many have they brought in? Like, what was the switch around?
0: Wow, it's been a lot. I mean, I know last year was was like almost a record. Um, This year there's been a lot. I don't don't have an exact number, but they've already had even some spring games. Uh, they've added a ton of guys. Right. Um, a lot of them from Pac-12 ranks: USC, Oregon, Utah. So I-, I can tell you their talent pool has improved tremendously, especially at the skill positions, at wide receiver, at defensive back. Um, you know, I-, I think those are two areas that they've added a lot of pieces to uh, here in the last couple of weeks. Even, uh, even some bodies on the offensive line. I mean, I say this every year, but I think Nevada's season comes down to how well they can block. And they've, they've had a very poor union uh, really since I've been here. You know, I started covering the team in 2012, you know, and I, I haven't seen a great offensive line uh, during that time period. So we'll see. Maybe they can add a few more bodies because I think, to me, that, that their season is going to rest with what they've got up front. You know, I think they've got some decent receivers. They've got competition in the quarterback room. Uh, yeah, they've got some skill at running back. You know the defense has got some good pieces, especially in the secondary, uh, and some experience at linebacker. Now, uh, up front, which is an area you don't want to have question marks, up front on the defensive line, up front on the offensive line. Those are the two areas that I think to me are the biggest unknowns.
1: Yeah, we got like uh, 30 seconds left. I just wanted to throw this out. Um, you know, in comparison to Nevada, with all the turnover, and I'm sure that Nevada is at. About 30 new players, at least 30 new players coming into the program. Um, UNLV actually is at 43 or 44 new players. So, wow. like they and their core, the the guys they're building around are good and have some experience. You know, kind of getting to that winning way. Five wins last year, near six wins. But they did have to. They changed up their running back room almost completely. They changed up their wide receiver yep. room almost completely. The offensive lines a work in progress play a new defense like I I do think they have upside but I just wanted to throw that out there like if anyone's looking at Ken Wilson they're like oh it's a whole new team like well unLV and you know it's it is it is great that they've got Brumfield back and they've got some some experienced players but both schools decided hey the roster last year wasn't good enough so we're gonna turn things over I real mean, quick
0: that's, uh, that's the uh that's the air right now of the transfer portal of course you can create a new team overnight
1: uh, Alex what's going on uh, next couple weeks on Nevada Sportsnet?
0: You know, uh, we're right now at the Reno Rodeo. Uh, We're actually out there today doing our show there. Uh, That's a lot of fun. We're going to wrap that up this week and then uh, start gearing up for the American Century Championship up in Lake Tahoe. That'll be the week after uh, the 4th of July. So we'll have a little bit of a debt period the next couple weeks, and then uh, event season continues. ACC Golf, we've got the Barracuda Championship PGA Tour event comes to Truckee, so uh, a lot of exciting stuff here in the next couple of weeks.
1: Alex, thank you. We appreciate it.
0: See you guys.